Welcome to the Balance Podcast. This is Chaplain Tony Repic from Biddle Air National Guard Base. I'm glad you're tuning in today on this Balance Podcast where we focus on the four really main areas of our lives. Social, spiritual, physical, and our mental uh, areas so that we can grow and be successful as people. And so when I launched this podcast uh, recently, actually a couple years ago, but we reinvented it here. We re-engaged uh, with it. We're trying to give you tools and resources from Biddle Air National Guard Base that you can build a life plan so you can think your, about your life in a more holistic approach so that when things like a pandemic come or when the next um, situation arises that you're ready and you're you're not scrambling to make decisions but you're way ahead of it. And so we, we're bringing in experts, we're bringing in some of your colleagues and peers to give you those resources so you're prepared. And today I'm, I'm excited about the guest I have in today. He's not, uh, not only a friend of mine, he's a mentor of mine, um, Dr. Paul Randolph, who has extensive experience um, in the pastoral ministry world and counseling world. He's currently the director of Insight Counseling, which he's going to talk a little more about here in a minute. Uh, he's also a, a police chaplain, fire chaplain, and a Secret Service chaplain. So he's got so much experience. And I brought him in today because I want to talk to to him, and I want him to share some things with you that can help you um, continue to navigate this, I guess, post-COVID world, or we're still in COVID. Who knows? It doesn't matter. He's going to give some great strategies today, and we're going to have a good discussion about just what's going on in the counseling world. And so uh, without further ado, I'm going to have Paul just introduce himself here and just spend a few minutes telling us a little more about, about himself. Tony, it's great to be with you today, and I'm excited to see what you're doing to try to better equip the personnel that uh, are, are hearing these podcasts. So it's great to be with you. Uh, as you said, I am the uh, Director of Insight Christian Counseling. And we have a part of our program that's designed for first responders and military called Vantage Point. And we provide counseling uh, for uh, folks in those areas and their families, and we do it at a discount. And then I serve a couple of agencies. I'm a chaplain with the Philadelphia Field Office for the Secret Service, uh, Pennsylvania State Police, and uh, my local fire company. So I get a lot of interaction with folks, not only who are first responders, but many first responders are also people who have served or are serving in the military. So um, a lot of interfacing with folks that are defending our country and and, uh, uh, making the sacrifice to be the defenders on the front line. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And again, I think your experience today and what you're going to share with us is going to be just invaluable because... The folks that are listening aren't just uh, members in uniform, but it's also their families, um, their, their kids, whoever whoever is going, going, going to the sites where we're going to hang these podcasts, folks are going to learn and be able to glean some of your, your knowledge that, that you have in, in the field. So well, let's kind of jump right in here. You know, I just mentioned yeah. about COVID. And so recently, mask mandates are changing depending on where you are. Vaccine requirements are probably going to change soon. But uh, overall, I, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody. COVID's affected human beings. And so in your practice, you and I have had some discussions about this, but can you let the folks know that are tuning in here today, what, what are some counseling trends that you're seeing right now do specifically to COVID? Yes, uh, great question. When the lockdown started a couple of years ago, I met with my counseling team and I said, about four or five months from now, we're going to start to see a counseling tsunami because of how the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the mandates 
are going to impact uh, individuals, couples, and families. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 it came on very strong and was unexpected. And I'm not saying our leaders were wrong to impose them, but there's a definite personal, emotional, psychological, spiritual backwash from all those things happening. And that's exactly what we've seen. Mm. We have never been busier as a counseling uh, program. So some of the things we're seeing, uh, increased anxiety that people are, are dealing with. People who were never anxious before are now saying, I'm dealing with anxiety. Uh, I'm having trouble sleeping at night. I'm worried about things I was never worried about. We're also seeing an increase in depression and despair for people, especially if they have lost their job or are in a situation where they don't necessarily want to get the vaccine, but they're told... If you don't get it, you're going to be losing your job. And, you know, they're thinking about their livelihood. They're thinking about their future and they're in despair. You know, Um, a lot of uh, marriages were seeing uh, increased conflict. And in my opinion, conflict is not necessarily a bad thing in marriage. It can actually be a good thing for couples because you're getting your point of view out there. You're wrestling with it and trying to work it through with your spouse. The problem is when you have unresolved conflict, Mm. that can be very destructive in a marriage. And so we're seeing a lot of that happening as well as, uh, especially lately with the uh, significant increase in inflation, the cost of gasoline and everything else, people are under more financial pressure And so that brings a new round of struggle and potential conflict. What do we cut out? How do we make ends meet? What are we going to do with the fact that things just cost more and significantly more? So those would be some of the things that we're seeing in adults and families. We've also seen an increase in depression, serious depression and anxiety in teens and children. And in fact, for the first time in my 35 years plus of doing counseling and ministry, we're seeing 10 and 11 year olds who are talking about suicide. That's crazy. I have never seen children of that age before. Now, I don't have all kinds of research in front of me, but just speaking from our own experience as as a counseling team, we've not seen that before. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, just unbelievable at yeah. an 11 year old and so you know it, I don't want to focus on you know the whys we, we, we can wrestle through those it's because of things you mentioned but what I really wanted to talk about is let's start first with um, you know adults in particular in relationship or even if you're single right and you're, you're you've been tied up if you will or you're not able to go out and connect like you used to be able to go out um, and it's, there's still challenges obviously when you're, what are some practical things that you're giving the clients that are coming in um, not, we'll get the children in a second, but you know, married couples, and specifically maybe those that are single, and how to wrestle and work through some of those those challenges that you, you just laid out. I think there's a number of uh, ways you can go about dealing with some of these things going on. Uh, I liken 
what's going on, particularly in relationships, whether it's a serious dating relationship or two people are living together or they're married, where every relationship has some flaws in it, some imperfections. And everything that COVID has brought, and now with an economy that's struggling, it adds pressure. And if you imagine that relationship as being like a, uh, a cup uh, uh, made out of China, it's got some hairline cracks in it, let's say some imperfections. Now that this pressure is coming on to that marriage or onto that relationship, what were little hairline cracks are now being exposed as, as being much larger. Yeah because of that pressure coming down. And so I think as the military talks about resilience for soldiers and airmen, when it comes to combat and facing uh, mission objectives or maybe setbacks that have occurred in in the mission or missions that were being uh, taken, uh, I think we need to talk about relationship resilience. How do we combat these pressures? How do we bounce back from them? You know, in the military, when they talk about resilience, they compare the tennis ball, which bounces back with the egg, the egg splatters. So I would say, I think we need to uh, understand what is it that makes a happily married couple, we'll just zero in on that, uh, happy. And the studies that I look at, whether they be from a faith-based study or a totally secular university-based study. Uh, I've done some work with uh, studying uh, the material from the Gottman Institute, and they are some leading secular marriage researchers in the country. What they all are saying, the number one reason why a couple reports being happily married has nothing to do with how much money they're making, the zip code where they live, uh, how many times they're having sex during the week or anything like that. It's this. My spouse is my best friend. Oh, wow. Yeah. My spouse is my best friend. Now think about the best friends that you've had in your life. Yep. What made them a best friend? What were you experiencing with that person that made them a best friend? Well, they put in the time to work on the relationship, and they put effort into it. Think about the people that were your best friends who have kind of gone by the wayside. What happened? Well, maybe you guys moved out of the same area or job transfer or whatever the situation, you stopped putting in the kind of time and effort that it took to maintain the relationship. And I think that's a key factor in marriage resilience, that you and your spouse are seeking to be each other's best friend. Yeah, yeah. So that take you know, marriage is work. Sure, sure. You know, our society talks about love and marriage, I think, in some silly ways. They talk about how two people fall in love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, on the Hallmark Channel, which my wife watches, and I just cannot watch it because I'll make I'll make <laughs> sarcastic comments, and I'll say, "Oh, we we know how this one's going to end." Yeah. Be quiet. Let me watch my show, dear. Yeah. Um, but you know this this idea of falling in love, and my response to that is, you you two people do not fall in love. You fall in ditches, potholes, trenches, and manholes without covers. Yeah, you didn't fall in love right. when you met your wife, Tony. Uh, you saw someone that 
was attractive to you. Um, she obviously saw what a great looking guy you were. Uh, you started talking and you found that you maybe had some common interests. Uh, she laughed at your corny jokes. Uh, you both made a conscious decision at some point. I want to get to know this person. Yeah. And so then you actively pursued that relationship and you put time and effort into it. Yeah. Well, that can't stop once you got the ring on your finger. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to continue to work and develop uh, your marriage. So I would say realizing, first of all, that we need to be each other's best friend. And, and all that goes into being a best friend, someone you can trust, someone you can open up with, someone who's going to be there for you, uh, sometimes telling you things that are hard to hear, yeah. but, they, but they care about you that much. Um, I would say also that um, just to get really nitty gritty, remember when you were dating, you put time and effort into planning what you were going to do next. Why should that stop when you're getting married? Yeah. A, a weekly date night. Yeah, yeah. You know, my wife has been doing this for over three decades. Friday night's date night. Yeah. You know, if uh, Tony Reppick calls me and says, hey, Paul, let's get together on Friday night. I'm going to be like, well, that's kind of date night. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Now, if you've got Super Bowl tickets for the 50-yard line or something, you know, I'll go talk to Phyllis and say, hey, hon, could we postpone date night? Yeah. I'll make it up to you. But... You know, short of something like that, you know, we, we, we make that community, we make that commitment to each other yeah. that we're going to spend time together. Um, I would say also never forgetting to communicate your love and support and affirmation for your spouse. It's so easy to simply focus on the negatives. Yeah. And especially with the pressure that folks are under in our world today. Uh, to hear those three powerful words, I love you, that are from your spouse, really looking <clears throat> you in the eye and meaning it, that's powerful. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Uh, to be uh, affirmed for the things that you're doing right. The, uh, to be complimented. Uh, to get that verbal kind of support, I think, is, is huge. Yeah. Um, working together as a team, I think, is also important. So, you know, I may be uh, at home and I notice a sink full of dishes. So I want to be a good teammate. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll put them in the dishwasher. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, or, hey, there's some stuff on the rug here. Let me let me grab the vacuum cleaner, you know. And, uh, you know, it says something to my, my wife that I care enough that I'm willing to get my hands dirty on some things. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, she'll sometimes back me up on something that maybe is more my purview. Yeah. So working together as a team, I think, is huge. Yeah, right, right. You know, um, I would also say understanding how your spouse wants to be loved is another key part of developing greater marriage resilience. So, for example, you may have heard the book, The Five Love Languages. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And in that book, they identify five uh, general primary love languages. Yeah. By the way, that assessment is free online. If you go online, you can take that for free. And it'll produce it right, right there before you. Yes. Pretty, pretty powerful. Oh, that's great. It's a, great it's, it's a very helpful tool. Yeah. So the, uh, the love languages involve acts of service, uh, gifts, mm -hmm. words of affirmation, quality time, and physical touch. 
So in my marriage, uh, you know, my wife knows that words of affirmation and physical touch makes me feel very loved. Yeah. Uh, her love language is quality time and acts of service. Now, the mistake people often make is that they tend to love their spouse the way they want to be loved. Yeah, big time. That's a big problem. And so early in my marriage, I am uh, being affectionate with her, giving her hugs, giving her a kiss, all that kind of stuff, um, affirming her, giving her compliments. And that's, she likes that, but that's not really hitting the bullseye. Right, right. For her, it's when I take out the vacuum cleaner and I, and I run a vacuum. Sure. You know, in, in, in her mind, now I'm her James Bond. I mean, oh, I'm really feeling loved by this guy. Right. And uh, uh, quality time. So I will do things with her often that are more something that she would like to do or a show that she would like to watch than maybe something I would choose to watch. Now, I do draw the line for the Hallmark movies. It's the same movie over and over again. But... Um, maybe it's a show that, uh, she wants to watch more than I do, but I'll, because I know time spent together matters to her, we'll, we'll do that. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, understanding the, the love language that your spouse has and choosing to love your spouse the way they desire to be loved, I think yeah. is key. Um, and then I would say incorporating faith into your marriage, realizing that there is someone bigger than you, yeah. um, regardless of your particular religious affiliation, there is something that powerful that happens when a couple worship together, yeah. and they're acknowledging in humility, we can't do this on our own, and and we need to focus on on God and the the, the help and the hope that that He can give, and as a Christian, you know. It all focuses on Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, for folks of other faiths, um, you know, they have their uh, focal points. Mm -hmm. And just speaking as a Christian, that, that would be mine. Yeah, right. right. And uh, knowing what he went through uh, and the servant emphasis that he gave in his life. You know, uh, in, in the book of Mark, it talks that Christ did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. A ransom for many. Now, I'm not necessarily uh, thinking myself as Jesus dying on the cross, but I can certainly serve my spouse sure. and give of myself to them. And then prayer is a, is a powerful tool. You know, as men, we often struggle with the fact that our wives want us to go deeper in relationships. Can we talk about more significant things? Can we go deeper? And I, I, I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're feeling. And as guys are like, all right, well, I'm thinking the Sixers are doing better because they got a new a new guard, you know, the guy with the beard and, you know, uh, hoping the weather clears up and that kind of stuff. You know, guys, we tend to be a little more surfacey yeah. in our communication. The women tend to dive deeper. And so, guys, I'm going to give you a tip that will automatically get you on a deeper level of communication with your wife that she will appreciate. Guaranteed home run, guys. You ready for this? When you're spending some time talking with your wife, ask her this question before you finish the time. Look her in the eye and say, honey, how can I pray for you today? What's on your heart? What's on your mind that I can be praying for you? 
you just took the conversation to a whole new level and all you did was ask a simple question. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's important to follow up and actually pray for her and with her. But uh, guys, that is a, an automatic home run for your wife to, to sense that you care enough about her to ask that question and that you want to go deeper than just, you know, okay, who's got to get the dance lesson today? And when do we have to pick up our son from school yeah. and all that kind of stuff? And that costs nothing. Either. There's, there's no monetary cost zero. to that. Cost right. zero. Yep. Um, another thing that I have used with couples that I think can help them have better resilience is pick a time during the week. I suggest the weekends because most people are off from work then, so they have a little more time. Uh, pick a time, maybe 30 minutes, where you and your spouse can get away from the kids. In our house, it's the living room. We can shut the doors to the dining room. And, you know, if you have to have them watch a, a, a TV show for that half an hour, it's worth it. All right? And you and your spouse take a few minutes and talk about the past week. And start off by saying something you appreciated that your spouse did during the week. You know, so, hey, honey, I really, I love that meal you made Thursday night. That was just awesome. And I really appreciate you being patient with me with all the extra workload I have right now. Yeah. You know, we're getting ready for this mission or we got this going on on the base. And uh, that really means a lot to me. Thank you. And then your spouse can reciprocate with something that, that they want to thank you for. You know, hey, thanks for uh, doing a vacuum in the floor this week. And uh, I know you, you, you took care of the dishes for me and you helped with the kids with homework on Tuesday night. And that, that meant a lot to me. That was a real break for me. Thank yeah. you. And then shift to something that was a concern, maybe something that didn't go so well. And, and hey, hon, you know, I was a little frustrated this week because, you know, when I went out to the car, you know, there were all these coffee cups there, and I go to turn on the car to put it away, and the, the tank's on empty. And you know how that frustrates me. I would really appreciate it if you could just, you know, even if you don't want to go get the gas, just let me know that we need gas, and I'll get it for you. Yeah. You know, you're not attacking the other person. You're not saying, how stupid can you be? How many times have I told you you got to fill that tank up with gas? What kind of moron are you? I mean, that's going to get you nowhere. Right. You know, but if you if you just zero in on what the issue was without being uh, uh, attacking your spouse, um, it, it provides an opportunity to get a frustration out before it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And then the stroll breaks the camel's back, and now you two are launching into um, nuclear attack mode with each other. Right, right. So even though you're bringing up something that's a, a, a criticism, you're doing it in the context of sharing something positive and affirming. And then end that time up with that question. So how can I pray for you this week? Well, I got this uh, evaluation coming up, and I'm really nervous about it. You know, the boss is a real pain in the neck. I'm nervous about it. Could you, could you pray about that? Or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, um, hey, I'm still really struggling with what's going on with all this COVID stuff, and I'm really anxious about it. So, again, you're, you're taking that time to uh, verbally back one another up. Yeah, that's good. That's so those good. are some thoughts that I would have. And a last thing, yeah. now that things are opening up, if you two used to play tennis together, get back out on the court. Yeah, if you two yeah, used to go to um, – uh, to play golf or bike riding or rollerblading or bungee jumping, whatever it was, yeah, get back to it. Yeah, right. You know, uh, let's let's yeah. not stay in this in this prison mindset sure. anymore. 
in the organization, the only the only uh, practical piece you gave that would be related to a pandemic, if you will, or a, a drastic change in life was the, the last one. Yeah, because we, we couldn't get out. The others, though, it doesn't matter what happens in life. You can practice those things. So just to, to summarize that section there, you mentioned something, I think, at the beginning that I was thinking this whole time as you're going through some of these practical things. One, every relationship has cracks in the china, if you will. We all, there's no perfect relationship, no perfect person. So we have to have that expectation going into it. One, two, what connected you from the beginning? Get back to those basic things again, right? Mm-hmm. Enjoying each other, being friends with you, with each other, and finding out the love languages is a great one. Again, free resource out there. You can find out quickly in an assessment the love language of your spouse, the love language of the uh, the person you're dating, etc. And you mentioned that beyond that, that then get out. Then oh, speaking words of, of you know speak speaking to each other in a way where you're not uh, attacking one another, and do that weekly and ask him how you can pray for each other. And then the final thing you, you mentioned was get back out there now that the pandemic is kind of lifting, if you will. So super practical. Um, I appreciate you sharing those things. This is a great spot right here to pause for this two-part podcast series here with Dr. Paul. For those of you that have listened, obviously you, you got some great takeaways there from a relationship perspective and um, some free resources as well. And again, this is Chaplain Tony Repic, 111 Attack Wing, Biddle Air National Guard Base. We want to give you tools to make you succeed in life and whole and, and just do well in work as well. So Balance Podcast, tune in for the second part where Dr. Paul is going to address some issues with children during the pandemic. So I'm out here. Have a great day. Thank you.